I'm in Kansas City. Nate, it's almost midnight in Germany for him. And Seth's listening to a voice message from his wife while the show begins. Welcome to Only Word Games, everybody. At least we're consistent. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. Seth Kaiser, I'll let you figure out what's going on on your side of the world. I am Joshua Briscoe, but we go quite literally, I suppose, to just about the other side of the globe, to Nate Taylor, where it is, I believe, 11.38 p.m. German time right now, yes. in a beautiful international hotel room. Nate, how are you doing? How are you here? Guys, it's a roller coaster. It is an absolute roller coaster. Um... So I told the fellas this, and I'll be very brief here, but um had a little had a little trouble getting to Germany on Thursday. Uh flight got canceled and flew out on Friday night. Uh so I missed Friday night. Night. Yeah, so I spent um I would guess eighteen of the thirty hours of my impromptu layover in the JFK airport. Um, I had an extreme amount of FOMO uh, watching uh, my fellow journalists uh, make the trip over to see the Chiefs practice in Germany, which I did not see on Friday. <laughs> um, so I flew out Friday night, got in Saturday, and kids... Hey, it's a roller coaster. It is so much of the jet lag versus the coffee you take, versus the beer, versus another coffee, versus lack of sleep, versus work, versus trying to see things in Germany, versus not wanting to be in this hotel room. I mean, it's just... So, thank you all for the for the lovely comments to start. Um, and yeah, it's it's been it's been fantastic. We obviously saw a um a very riveting <laughs> football game. Uh but whoo, I mean, how many coffees did I have today? Is it as, as many beers as I've had today? The analytics are crunching the numbers. <laughs> What's your expected cups added today? Both beer and oh coffee. high. Very high. <laughs> very high. Uh I think I think coffee is EPA in the plus. I think beer is in the EPA in the negative because That's I don't I don't normally drink beer, but like I'm here in Germany. Like I have to do it. And they don't they just don't give you like a, a beer. They give you a beer. Like a such <laughs> such a beer that it's forty ounces on arrival. <laughs> right, right. It's like it's like if you were coming to somewhere in the Midwest and you've never really been to the Midwest and someone's giving you like a potato salad or a baked potato or maybe, you know, some kind of tater tot hot dish type thing. And you're like, yeah, I'll take a little side of that. And it's like, sure. whoa, and it like, whoa, like weights down your plate. Absolutely. 
So I'm gonna it'll, I'm gonna sprinkle sprinkle. Excuse me. I'm gonna sprinkle. Guys, you can celebrity. Nate. You can miss. I saw 40. the look Seth gave you there. That's Seth. Put that eyebrow down. I'm Nate gonna, doesn't deserve that. It's almost I'm, midnight in Germany. Leave him alone. Does anybody remember Salt Bay? I'm gonna Salt Bay sprinkle some some Germany observations during this podcast. The first is they eat so much bread. So much. I have I've had pretzels. I've had so much bread. All great. Um, and so much beer. And that is it. It's not a great combination. Yet everybody here is like fit. It's one of the most mesmerizing tricks that Germany does. Um but yeah, the the atmosphere at the game, and I, and I tweeted about this on Sunday, but like the atmosphere of the game was fantastic. Um, you know, I know we generally do the shout outs, um, late in the episodes, but I do kind of want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to give a, a few people a shout out. Like everybody's been, uh, very warm and welcoming. One of the big questions I had was how many Kansas City is, or how many Americans were going to come to this historic event? Cause the NFL has never had a game in Frankfurt until yesterday uh so benjamin scott jessica in row one in warm-ups uh saw me on the field i think it was benjamin who shouted my name um it was a very odd experience but like first thing they mentioned is the podcast oh and that they and that they can see us uh so a, a special thank you to them um you know heidelberg I, i'm sure i'm not saying it right uh is a is a wonderful town and thomas uh from kansas city said hello uh says he loves the podcast and then um dieter after the game one of the best parts about uh deutsche bank stadium and this is both in mexico city and now in germany is there is no like press box it's just you have press seating within the stands uh, so we hear everything. You're you're having the full game on experience um, in a way that is so different from like Arrowhead or most NFL stadiums, of course. Um, like there's only a few, like maybe Las Vegas, Detroit, I think has like a more natural press box because those are obviously enclosed uh, stadiums. So to my right, like where my arm is extending, I could have touched a Chiefs fan of German descent. And to hear the amount of, I mean, F-bombs from a single G German Dolphins fan in my section to my right throughout the entire game <laughs> was incredible. <laughs> and after the game, uh, a, a, a gentleman named Dieter came up to me and like shook hands and it was great. And he like wanted my honest instant reaction and i felt so bad to be like i must leave now i gotta go to the locker room i hope you watch the show because like thanks uh so i do want to mention all those people but um yeah it's a roller coaster man like i've 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 fallen asleep at a department store i have fallen asleep on the train i have fallen asleep on the on the there's, you know, there's another term for that you know nate on the NFL uh, reporter shuttle to to the stadium, 
I have, I have, I have had, I assume two minute naps or eight minute naps, but whoa, what time is it? Okay. Stay away. <laughs> My body's not ready. Like, oh, uh, so I'm here, um, on the fourth bit of coffee today. I, I'm just happy to have you again. I'm in awe of the performance that you have put up, especially knowing how it started. There is nothing, nothing that could possibly take the air out of a pretty short trip anyway than having your flight out get canceled in the city you don't live in, trying to get abroad to a significant portion. I, I, the world you've never been to. Yeah, that also probably doesn't help. Yeah, I, that speaks an entirely different language. And thankfully, Frankfurt and like Berlin, I'm assuming Munich's the same way. Like they, they have plenty of people who can speak English, but, um, it is fun to be like me. I'm so thrilled you asked. I'm so thrilled you thought I might know Germany or might know German. No, I don't. I don't know. No, ma'am. Um, but that's so so that's so pleasing of you. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it was an experience. You know, Clint Newton, who we've talked about before on the podcast. First thing I did was get to my hotel again on Saturday morning thought hey i'm gonna have a nice breakfast and that's gonna let me that's gonna tell my body it's time to go to sleep man. like it's it's hard to sleep on a plane we all know that even if it's six hours you know it's still really hard so the flight was like six and a half hours um and at the same time my body ate an intercontinental breakfast and was like but clint is having beer and <laughs> I don't want to be in that bed. I want to be where the beer is at 10 freaking 30 outside in 40 degree weather. So it's, it's bad, but I'm, I'm my most, I'm my most neurotic self. And I'm so happy to talk about this game and my trip. Um, so yeah, uh, that's how it started was just, I stayed up. All the way till midnight, guys, on Saturday for a Sunday game that I woke up at 5 a.m. Nanny. The only more, thing. Yeah, it had more coffee. Just. Yeah. Coffee. Their I'm coffee, just by so... the way, is just way better here. Like their espresso really? is lethal uh, <laughs> compared to most American espresso. <laughs> We got America's got a few things to figure out, and you've touched on several of them that would like be like if we get our coffee game and then maybe figure out that little that little devil magic. Let's just eat carbs all day and but still be in better shape because you can just kind of walk to anything. Yes, um, and so that is, that, that is the secret. Yes, that I'm very jealous of all of that while all, not being very jealous of your sleep schedule. Um, that lots of people say that people from Minnesota might as well be speaking German. It's just so hard to understand. You hey, let's do it. Actually, here, look, you know what? Here's the setup. Let's talk, let me talk about the game now and all of this. Nate is in Germany yep. to watch this football game. Yes. Seth watched it on tape delay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I watched God it. Uh, like God they're bless, both bless. gonna give their analysis of what they saw I, on the game, and it's I all gonna be good and useful. But not, I, I, it's just Sunday. This is not a this is not a judgment, Seth. You're getting very defensive about it. Nate flew to Germany. And had a hell of a layover and a flight cancellation 
to cover this game in person. And you turned it on at what, 6 p.m.? It's like 4. Okay, good. Wow. It's not, I mean, the thing good about time. me that's great is I can't get defensive because I don't care. Yeah. And that's that definitely is always true. <laughs> that's yeah, my best, sure. that's my best trait. No, so so here's that's what definitely happened. not another wobbly defense mechanism. No but way. My, yes. I, <laughs> it's very unwobbly at this point. That's the great <laughs> thing about temporary measures. To quote uh, Pat McManus, great outdoor uh, writer, is uh, you know the great thing about temporary measures. Religious Rod Sawyer just commented, "Religious persecution looks bad on you, Josh." <laughs> I am being persecuted for my beliefs. So, okay. The, but the great thing about temporary measures, if you leave them in place long enough, they just become permanent. And then you just then you just kind of got it. But no, so what happened to me why was... Highlight the, why don't we highlight the comment that says, we get Josh's hair on a Monday. Thank you, White Bacon. Yeah. Hey, your hair looks good, my friend. Thanks. There's a it's, volume it's, my haircuts. It's a top three trait of yours. I can live with that. I can only think of one other. <laughs> Nope. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know. So oh, so what happened to me was, so I am currently teaching Sunday school for the teens um, at my church. And I already skipped out a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, ah, I'm going to be skipping out in December when I go to another Chiefs game. And so I figured, and then we got a call from friends that we haven't seen in a long time that were just like, hey, we could come up and go to church with you on... Uh, our group chat that. is killing me. Our, uh, and, oh, now you, you want to read the group chat? Now you read the group chat? <laughs> so, so, I, so, so we had friends over, and they were going to come over for lunch and all this. So I could have watched the game from like 8.30 to 9.30 and then, you know, done my whole thing and come back to it, which mm. it would have been kind of a funny thing to do because had I done that, only watched like the first hour of the game, I would have gone to church thinking, man, the Chiefs are going to win by 60. Um, and so I just, so I actually, I shut my phone off basically completely other than leaving. I actually disabled text messages because a lot of well-intentioned people who are very nice like to text me during games. Um, despite me saying loudly around them, you know what I really hate is when people text me during chiefs games. Cause like it's fine if it's one person, but it's kind of like like when we when we when we have like a Super Bowl watch party at my house, I tell people when they get there, like, look, I'm not gonna be good company. I'm gonna have my chair pulled up to five feet in front of the TV. Please don't talk to me. Like, I'm sorry. Jazz is awesome, so she made you a bunch of food. You guys hang out. I'm gonna watch the game. I'm gonna be pacing. I'm gonna go <laughs> after bad plays. I'm gonna like, are you kidding me? Don't do this. You should hurt me. I was pleading with the television. So on the on one of the last drives where Chris Jones got that pressure late on to a split a double team, Steve Spagnolo, I've been blitzing the daylights out of you. We're just gonna rush four this time. Oh, did you think I was gonna blitz? Is that why you have two extra guys in pass protection? Sorry, you've only got three guys running routes against seven guys in coverage. It was awesome. And Jones splits through when he, for one thing, he was held and they would have declined it, but whatever. When I saw a flag was on the field, I was sitting there saying to my television for no reason, don't do this. Like, I'm watching, like, a horror film or something. <laughs> don't do this. Don't do this. And so, anyway, yeah, I, I watched the game late. But it was returned. So, Josh, you don't remember this. But because it was before I think I started doing radio with you, I used to never watch Chiefs games live. Like, ever. Yeah. I remember I this always... era. I don't know if we were talking then. 
yeah, it, well, <laughs> your life was just you kind of you kind of drift off. Yeah, we were really talking, man. Yeah, smile a little. Think about yeah. a simpler time. And so for me, it really wasn't that big a deal to do it this one time. I wasn't super fond of it. It really makes you like. Here's a little thought experiment for people to try. Just like have a reason you can't look at your phone at all for like six hours. And then you like, you will worry about yourself afterwards where you're just like, oh, oh, it's bad. Like, cause you, like, you didn't even realize, like, I, I, I'm curious if like, even when I'm on vacation and like, like how bad, it, cause it's just, it's astonishing. You, oh, oh, there's five seconds of dead air. Well, I wonder what this thing's doing. And, and so it, it I mean, it's genuinely bad. So I'm a little concerned about myself. But other than that, I had a great little, I was able to get through the game in like an hour and a half. Because I was watching it on, um, thanks KL three six eight. I am just like you. I don't remember. I don't know what thing you were identifying with, but the way yes. you watch the way you watch Chiefs game. Yeah. Yes. And the so com- a comment was Seth is just like me with a little smiling sort of tear in the eye emoji because this is also a podcast. Yes. Well, huh? Dang it. Oh yes. Yeah. I, I will share the visual things. I don't know. I probably won't. So yeah, I, I really going to do it, and it's okay. It's kind of fun to watch a game on delay, though, because you can just skip through the commercials. And then every now and then when you're in between drive or like you're in the middle of a drive and the Dolphins run a play or the Chiefs run a play and you're like, God, that play was boring. I don't even care what they're going to say about it. Skip forward 20 seconds. Next play, baby. The universe is at my command. That was kind of cool. Like, oh, yes, that's right. I don't care about what you have to say about this Dan Orlovsky. Although I actually really appreciate the job. He's really good. He's really good. And he asked great questions to McCordy about the coverages. Yes. Like, they did a terrific job throughout the game. Isn't it amazing that it takes um, one broadcaster from the NFL Network one analyst from ESPN and just a former player who's like, you know, I guess he's NFL Network too, but I guess it was an NFL Network ESPN split propriety, I guess. Um, maybe we should do all-star broadcast like we do all-star referees in the what? I like it. I want to see. I want to see more Harlan. I want to see more Green. I want to see, but Orlovsky and McCourty, especially together, they did a great job. Orlovsky in particular, like just asking little questions, like, "Well, I mean, but what should he be doing in that there?" And then McCourty would just, "Well, what you see there, he's got to sink. He's got to get some depth." And I was like, "He does have to get some depth." Thank you, Devin McCourty. Like it, it's so. I didn't realize how often I hate what the announcers are saying. In terms of how it's like, oh, good, that's going to set a narrative for the entire season. That's just lovely. Yes, Tom. Oh, you know, you know Seth, analytics say to go for it here. Oh. Analytics of human being, a real person <laughs> that makes choices. They say to go for it, but they say to go for it a lot. Yeah, I... Oh. But, like, the value that, that announcers can bring, if they're willing to, like, talk about what went wrong here. Well, you know, he was giving out outside leverage because he thought he had some help. And it's like, Yes, he was. This is so informative. Like, I don't see how this is so hard. Now, to be fair, play-by-play looks really hard. I can't even imagine what I would say. So-and-so. End of take? Cool. All right. Yeah, no, yeah, end of take. See, this is exactly He got got sacked. Who is he, Seth? (laughs) Yeah. You know the guy on the team. The quarterback. 
Yeah. Is, let, yeah. Let me answer. Let me answer your question right, with the question: Is he or is he not Patrick Mahomes? He's not. I don't care that whoever the guy that's throwing with the wrong arm out there. Actually, I'm a lefty, so I don't know why I'm beat. I don't know why I'm hating on a lefty. What? What if? Um, thank, thank you, Michael Donegan, who says uh, KCSN is our weird all-star podcast. So hopefully he's, he's uh, I mean, I guess only weird games is, is right up that alley. Um, look, Josh, I, I don't know what it was like to obviously watch. I mean, this is the first time obviously since 2015 that you're watching the Chiefs game at an unusual early schedule. Um, but how did you take the idea of it's halftime? Maybe you've had breakfast. Maybe you haven't. And, how how good did it feel for the Chiefs to be up twenty one nothing for us to realize they weren't going to score any more points in the, in the entire second half? I I still got home. The, it felt like a yo like they were doing like the Chiefs were doing a yo yo trick to you. Hey, here's the best we have to offer as a collective team for thirty minutes, and he gets really good competition, right? And then here's us putting you back into the place where. <laughs> You know way too well. Like, let me just, uh, I, you know, what? Well, how did it feel to be um, played with emotionally by the Chiefs? I, I mean, I'm familiar with that experience. I, I've been there before. It wasn't my first rodeo with that. I, what I will say is, I, I did post game on eight ten. I got home at like three thirty p.m. They can kick off at eight thirty every week for all I care. That was magical. I'm totally cool with that. Um, sometimes I get home at 3 a.m. after a primetime game, yeah. which I'm going to have to, you know, we're going to have some Mondays. So we'll, we'll, we'll make it. Um, I guess we have a Monday that's Tuesday coming up next. But um, it was it was hilarious because the and I can't wait to hear what your experience is like seeing it there in person. We can dive into it now. But the way it began. Oh, it's a ch- oh. The Chiefs are back. Oh, neat. I, I, did, I, I blinked. They flew to Germany and the Chiefs are back. And that's awesome. You, you got your scripted first 15. It was, what, seven plays, 75 yards out of the gate. Everything is humming. Uh, even even extending it through the ups and downs of the first half, you got two great plays with Rasheed Rice, the, the third down conversion and the touchdown, an awesome play uh, from Kadarius Tony, and then both of them died at halftime, I guess. And... <laughs> what? what? Why would you? Why would you possibly? I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. They got deported at halftime, I guess. I don't yeah. really know how that works. Some they, some, they some wanted... German officers walked into the room, say these two, they gotta go. And it's Andy, Andy, too productive. Look, yeah, and Andy was like, whoa, whoa, okay. If you got a lot of duty free, getting the customs ahead of everybody else is is appropriate. So. <laughs> yeah. Tony and Rice had a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of I where Rice wasn't even targeted in the second half. Like I, I don't know. There, there's so, there's so much to go over what you just said there, because every time Rasheed Rice touches the touches the ball, I'm like, yeah, that'll work. Yeah, look, that boy, does that look like a skill set that should translate into being able to do some things? Like you see him accelerate, and you see him. I mean, he made a great catch against man on a crucial third down where it's like he doesn't have a ton of separation because he doesn't separate great, where he had an option route that he talked about breaking it out there and trusting that Mahomes would get him the football, things that he discussed in real time after the game. Made a great catch. Great catch. I mean, it, it was it was semi-contested because 
Again, he's not necessarily going to be a separator against man on some routes, but neither was Juju Smith-Schuster. But yet you can trust him to make the tough catches when he's not thinking about Yak at all. If he's not thinking about Yak at all, Rice has great hands. It's when he's thinking about Yak where things get a little dicey. He's like, oh, I can't wait to run. But then I, I, I am sorry to let you guys know about something. I am back in an abusive relationship. Yeah. Um, it's pretty it. unfortunate. So am I. I have tried. Actually, I'm in mine right now. I've tried to leave so many times. And then I see Kadarius Tony with the ball in his hands. And I just can't. I can't. I can't move on. I see it. I see the wide receiver he could be. I don't and it's just on. like breaking like six tackles and dragging guys forward. And I'm just like, we can't find a role for that. Like, there's no. Well, no. McCole Hardman needed to outsnap him, actually. So that was important. <laughs> and actually, every active wide receiver needed to outsnap him, just in case you're wondering. I, I'm sure there's reasons. And I understand, like, okay, fine. If Andy's like, hey, we thought you could catch on with the entirety of the offense fast or, or at all. We thought you could, you can't. What a bummer. But you can't manufacture a couple more touches for that guy. You can't do it. You can't manufacture touches for a guy who breaks tackles like like Bijan Robinson, but also has touches. Yeah, who also what are you, Arthur Smith? Arthur Smith sneak into the Chiefs. I'm like, all right, here's what we're gonna do. Josh you Dobbs know. is making plays with guys he has not met yeah. yet. Josh Dobbs is throwing to guys whose names he literally doesn't know. And it's like, you know, I, I don't know if Tony's familiar enough with the offense after a full year. <laughs> like, I, that, I, is she ready for all this after an entire training camp? And, they, you know, seven of previous games? Well, I don't know, guys. He might not be. And I, I get like, six, seven, eight. Anyway, I get, the, I get it. But I, I think I'm back on the, you know what? You've tried a bunch of other things. Let's let's have Tony run 10 slant routes a game. You, he can't run a slant. I bet he can run a slant. Like, a slant. it's a, I am becoming the uh, what's-his-name guy, the I think you should leave guy, because it applies to so many situations. Like, you sure about that? You sure about that? Are you sure about that? It's like, well, Tony doesn't give us the best chance to win with the balls. It's, you sure about that? Like, I just... It's I, I, killing me. Can I can I break um some news? Kadarius Tony knows the offense. Like he knows it. Like that's not it's not an issue. Now you could say, well, Nate, what about injuries and him um, you know, having sort of an, an up and down career just because he's had hamstring injuries, he's had knee injuries, he's had feet injuries, you know, with, with like, you know, with sprained toes. Um, you know, how is his lower body going to hold up for an entire season? Well, he's played in every game. And he's practiced for, I believe, 10 straight weeks. And he knows the offense. Week one was Did a he, long time ago. Did he get a lot slower and I didn't notice? Doesn't appear to be that way on tape, Josh. Well, he got a million times stronger. And that's <laughs> the other thing. Is Tony, like, people talk about him like he's, like, like Dexter McCluster or something like yeah. this small shifty guy. He's like about, he's almost Jamar Chase's size. He's like six That's foot two ten. Like he's not a tiny dude. Like, I mean, he's not, he's not as big as Jamar Chase, but he is not a small receiver either. Jamar and Chase is sneaking out that big. I'm going to get you his height weight. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I had someone yeah, ask we, me if he, yeah, I uh, saw him at the Super Bowl. He's, he's, he's just a freak athlete. Like 
freak athlete and obviously um, very skilled with the ball and obviously knowing how to make defenders, you know, how, how to out sort of work them um, with his like just great balance of, you know, route running, catch abilities, uh, breakaway speed. Um, but yeah, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not Julio Jones. Like Julio Jones walks in the room and you're like, <laughs> yeah, Julio Jones? Who's he? like um, Jamar Chase is listed at six foot 201 on pro football reference. Kadarius Tony is listed at six foot 193. Okay. So you got like eight pounds there. Now, neither of those dudes weigh what they're listed out there. Right. And neither but, of those have been updated since they entered the league. I would imagine. Right. Yeah, I remember when Vince Wilfork's listed weight was still like 325, and you're like, dude, that dude weighs 450, or nobody weighs 450. And, and, and man, he made it work. No one ever rocked overalls the way that man rocked overalls. But with Tony, okay, that's good to know, Nate. And also, I think that was it. We're, we're, we're 11 years into this career that I've been doing this. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. that's uh-huh. it. You've killed a, a part of me. Because oh, I don't understand. Every time I think I understand this game a little bit more, something happens where it's like, at least someone suggested in the comments I saw, like, has Rice considered changing his name to MVS? He's, I, maybe. Can I, hey, can I do the thing where I ask you guys a question that might be stupid, but I mean it? Sure. Why is it so hard? Turn my chair. Go ahead. Okay. Uh-huh. What makes what makes it so hard to be an outside wide receiver? And why can't Rasheed Rice or Kadarius Tony take any of those snaps? Well, you see, what do uh, MVS and Justin Watson do so well that means that they have to hold those spots? Uh, so the top three snappers were Rice first and then MVS and Watson next by a considerable margin with the drop off to everybody else yesterday. So some progress because yep, they're yep. trying to narrow down yep. the snaps. Yeah, That's great. And they've got Rice up there. So those are good things. Those are good things. And and I just need to share the private chat with everyone. Tucker is right. Justin Watson is a king. We can't lump him in there. This isn't this isn't the wonderful Justin Watson's fault. Additional yeah, King uh, Jordan Foot says Tony was five uh, eleven and five eighths, one ninety three pre draft. Chase was uh, six foot and three eighths, two hundred one pounds. Oh, so incredible, incredible. eight pounds and less than an inch. Thank you, Jordan yeah. Foot. Yeah. Also, uh, Tucker, I see you sent me a voice message about an hour ago, and I hope it wasn't important. Um. With that said, you could just listen uh, to it right here. Don't right don't. by your ear. I'm not okay, don't do that. that. No, Nick, Just, Justin, you, you, Watson, Justin Watson. If you look on snap by snap, route by route, is their most consistent receiver, who can also win deep on occasion. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantlin. I'm not saying he's trick or treat, but it's not consistent. Um, with with them reducing Sky Moore's snaps, which we all understood why, guess what? He was actually pretty effective um, in yesterday's game against the Miami Dolphins um, with his sort of limited role that we think he can get better at. Um, the difference, and I think Patrick Mahomes mentioning this yesterday uh, is an indicator as to where you might see some things, some tinkering done during the bye week. Uh, when a reporter asked Patrick about Rasheed Rice, the thing that jumped out to me most was him saying, now we need to get him involved in deeper routes. And I also thought that was fascinating. And you look at the, and I looked at the stats earlier today, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know if people realize this, when he, you mean Patrick Mahomes, one of the strongest, most accurate arms in football, when he throws the ball 15 yards or more downfield, he is only completing 38% of those passes. It's been bad. 
It's also it's as low as PFF rate on deep throws by an incredible margin. Uh, yes. And I think it's one touchdown, seven picks on throws, 20 or more yards downfield. Not all of those are created equal, but yeah. a little data point. Yeah, the way true media, the way I uh, looked it up was uh, 15 or more area. So you know the ball's going, you know, usually past the sticks. Um, and that still includes plays where it's like 30-15 if he wants to obviously attempt the ball, um, you know, to keep a drive going. So again, on 60 attempts this year, he's only completed 23 of those passes. Um Four times, which is near the high mark uh, for this statistic, he's had drops. So the way PFF grades it is that four times of those 60 passes, he's had a, he's had a receiver drop the ball. And then, of course, what they what, what true media and pro football accounts for is two touchdowns, at least what I'm seeing here, and six interceptions. So um, it's, it's not great. Uh, but one of the things you notice when you dive deeper into the stats is that Rasheed Rice does not run most of those routes, at least when he's targeting that player on a pass that's 15 or more yards downfield. Seth, do you have a reason that they can't do those things? No. I would let me okay. I do appreciate that. The other well, part of it for me that's interesting yeah. is it's so much of like even like the Sleeping offensive line. They're like, gotta get our best five. Just gotta get, find our best five, get our best five out there. Like, that's been the MO, like, under Andy Heck, which I think is cool. Like, it allows you to have some flexibility where guys have to be able to play different spots, all of that. With at receiver this year, it just feels like it's been, okay, so MVS and Justin Watson, and then one of you other guys, maybe two of the other guys occasionally. That also might just be Travis Kelsey, though. And that feels antithetical to having the best football team that you can have. I'm thinking... And so I think one thing that's frustrating with Rice and and in terms of whether or not he can be utilized deeper and outside, his depth of target was was like average 14, 15 yards in college. Um, he, he was a guy who caught plenty of deep passes. Now, again, college and the pros are different, obviously, and generating separation is going to look different. There's some things that you got to learn, but... One thing that you always do, you should do when you're looking at someone is look at traits. And with Rice, now normally when you're when you're doing the the, the traits thing with with receivers, especially going from college to the pros, you've got to extrapolate, which is tough. Because like say like Sky Moore, his his releases and some of the other things that he showed really traitsy in college. Not all of them have translated at the next level. And you can argue about whether he's getting open more than he's getting targeted and that kind of stuff. And there is, like against Denver, there's a legit conversation to be had there. Um, mm -hmm. But with Rice, we don't really have to do that same thing because we can look at his traits that we're seeing against NFL players. And so one thing we're seeing with Rice is that uh, when he, you know, he had, a, he had a pretty, I think his 40 is like a 4-4-40 guy, something like that. Um, so he's not like deep threat speed type guy, but when you look at his splits, we've talked about this before, he's got great acceleration and we can see that on film that that shows up. He can run away from guys that first 10, 20 yards. If the ball is going to come out, which means if you know what you're doing <clears throat> as a receiver, if you understand how to stack, if you understand how to. Um, utilize your body to to keep guys from coming back on you. You can generate separation, and so and it's not like there's anything particularly complicated about running a post or a deep dig 
or a nine route. Like these things, or a deep comeback, like these things are, yeah, you've got your spots that you're supposed to get to. But to me, we see with Rice, we've seen that he's got some physicality that's useful. We've seen that he's got acceleration that's useful. And we've seen that he he looks comfortable moving, like the whole stiff hips thing. That kind of stuff. He doesn't seem like he has stiff hips. So it's like, let's, you know, let's keep building on that where it just seems like there's this training wheels program that stays in place for way too long. And it's driving me crazy. And that's where like the Kadarius Tony question comes into play too. I feel like there's this constant pigeonholing of guys who aren't, you know, Tyreek Hill because he can't pigeonhole Tyreek Hill because he can do everything. Um, and that's that's frustrating for me because I, I appreciate a ton what MVS did last year, but he's looked less consistent on film this year. And I think it's because he's trying to do more. I, I think he he wants to take another step and be like a featured guy rather than just, hey, MVS, you're gonna you're gonna run a track meet today, buddy. Um, I remember we always talked about this last year. The perfect day for MVS is like three catches for 95 yards and maybe a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Is that also kind of true for Justin Watson? Like, I know that he's Absolutely. being asked to do more, but that's sort of his MO also, right? Right. Yeah. Where, where Justin Watson shouldn't really be asked to do a whole lot more than occasionally come on the field and run, you know, a post, a nine, and some crossers where he can maybe get away deep. But they're asking him to do more, and it, it's just, it's a frustrating thing. And so that's where, like, hearing, like, oh, no, Kadarius Tony knows the offense, which Nate just dropped on us, like, just this anvil like we're Wiley Coyote looking up, like we're coming for you, and I mean, and it's, it's just tough. I mean, it's true. Yeah. Uh, and and one of the things that I asked Marquez after the game yesterday was, look, some games it's been penalties, some games it's been turnovers, some games it's been inconsistency in third down or red zone. Um, what do you think is most important of those things that I mentioned? And he said, well, they they're all kind of interconnected and to a point I agree with him um but then I said what is the what is the biggest example going into the bye week where you feel like if this gets better it equates to just more production Mm -hmm. um and he didn't have an answer he didn't really pinpoint the, the the top thing that he feels like they have to get better at what a lot of guys on the offense said after the game whether it's Donovan Smith Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, Isaiah Pacheco is um, one of us is screwing up too much. And so if it's MVS, it's a deep ball that is in your grasp and you should probably catch it. If it's, you know, Donovan Smith, it's you want to give Patrick a half second to figure something out if his receivers aren't getting open downfield, which was the case um, in the second half. One of the biggest things that jumped out to me is the Dolphins sort of mind tricked, I think, the Chiefs because, again, we didn't get replay in the stadium. Uh, There were not, like, TVs and, like, you know, monitors for us to see replay, so everything we saw was live. But the biggest thing that I could take away from the second half was the Dolphins wanted to squeeze everything which meant no single high safety, and we're not even going to try to do the two high safety looks. Because why would we? Who's going to burn us? Who's going to yes. get us out of this look? And nobody um, nobody did it. You know, Justin Watson had a chance, didn't happen. Um, Marcus Valdez-Scantlin probably had the biggest chance in the fourth quarter, didn't happen on a third and ten play. So 
when you're when you have the safeties playing so close to the line of scrimmage, sometimes it gets the play callers, Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, to think maybe we don't need to run the ball. But that's the trick that the Dolphins pulled off was double covering Travis Kelsey. Yep. Not giving anything short or intermediate and just daring the Chiefs to try to go over the top. And their success rate on those short moments allowed the defense to appear to have heavier boxes so that the team didn't give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. Or, of course, it's third and one, and the Chiefs chose not to give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. Um, not even, don't even have them on the field. Like, just I would just put them on the sideline for fun. So, with all that said, I want to talk about my guy Neil Blair, who says Andy saving everyone for the playoffs in regards to the Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice, you know, snap distribution, target distribution. And then, of course, the very next comment is Michael uh, Dunnigan saying, Andy keeping the good plays for the good teams. And this right here, Michael, is the same theory that my own father has. Uh, Michael Taylor says, well, look, maybe, just maybe this might be the first year that Chiefs fans need to just take a deep breath because we're going to give you guys what you want. Robbie, we, we, we made you wait for it. Obviously, I'm in Germany. Oh, I'm going to tell you everything. But maybe. Andy Reid is saving everyone for the playoffs and at the same time keeping all the good plays for all the good teams because he can actually trust his defense. And if you if you if you saw the game script, that first 15 was a I mean a masterpiece. Hot knife through butter. I was like, I mean a Van Gogh of just epic proportions. And then he said, we have a lead, and my defense is stopping them. They ain't scored all again. Maybe, just maybe, this is the first time that even Andy Reid is sitting on the ball because you sit on the ball? Maybe? That's the best way I can try to encourage our listeners, to encourage fans. But let's give it to them, Josh. Let's let's talk about perhaps the best defense in the AFC, not named the Baltimore Ravens. I think the Chiefs defense is more entertaining. And of course, I know who, who I know. I know you guys want me to give you a Tyree kill nugget. I'm going to give you one. I just I just know we had to make y'all wait. I can't wait any longer. Actually, I have to wait just a tiny bit longer. Quick break, then defense talk and maybe even that Tyree kill nugget. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you look forward to the holidays? Maybe you struggle with the seasonal blues as days start to get colder and shorter here in Kansas City. And this time of year can be a lot. And it's natural to feel some sadness or some anxiety about it. But I think something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change. Something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. It's a helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries that empowers you to be the best version of yourself as well. And it isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash KCSN. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Chiefs defense had a net of minus seven points in this game. Because uh, they allowed 14 to the Miami Dolphins and scored seven of their own in what I absolutely adored as a, a, a hang-your-hat highlight moment for this defense where it is the only game in town, and more accurately, the only game in a different <laughs> country. But it's the only game on TV bright and early. This Chiefs defense has, has gotten a little bit of shine, but it felt like a lot, of, a lot was, was riding on this game. It's like, all right, Chiefs defense, if you're for real, Prove it now. And so what happened was Trent McDuffie got to Tyreek Hill way behind the line of scrimmage. Trent McDuffie took that football, put it on the ground. Mike Edwards picked up that football, thought about running with it for a second, got grabbed by Tyreek Hill, started looking around. Mike Edwards found Brian Cook, pitched that sucker, and Brian Cook got on his horse. (laughs) I I can't figure out if he is the horse or if he was on his horse or if he was a carriage behind a horse. There was horsepower, but it was an incredible return from Brian Cook. And I've said this a thousand times now. This is my favorite uh, uh, just touch point to something that really formed my NFL fandom. <laughs> NFL Street, NFL Street 2, two of the greatest video games ever made. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and really just a brilliantly fun form of football. It's not 11 on 11. John Madden probably didn't like it when it came out. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I tweeted something like this. Yesterday, which is the the precise football, excellent football, really detail-oriented football is great. I I do love that, and I think our ability to dissect that and enjoy it bit by bit is great. 
but I don't think there's anything in sports I love more than chaotic football. And yes. the defense is organized chaos right now. Nate, what did you see watching that play in person in Frankfurt? And where should we go with this Chiefs defense right now? So, um, also, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Make NFL Street 4. EA, whoever has the rights to that, this is no, we're starting really a movement. Let's it's, get this going. It's EA's fault because the licensing issue. And the fact are they, they, are they making not... NBA Street? Because NBA mean, Street no, 2 was unbelievable. Fantastic. Nah, Fantastic. you know, in a, in, a, in a country where we have democracy and a two-party system, we have chosen not to have a two-football game, video game yeah. system. EA uh, system. all of the... Yeah, you know, uh, so they're not even pushed to innovate or to no. get progressive. And or they to... will not. <laughs> they will not innovate. Well, we're going to have... Uh, we're gonna have Taylor Heideke have the ability to <laughs> throw the football while being parallel to the ground. Cause <laughs> that's why. Because why? Why not? Why Lamar change? Lamar Jackson doesn't have to do that. Why? He, they're gonna there keep is... buying it, Nate. Next year they'll put Heineke on the cover. It'll be the only difference. I, and I and I know. I know that my son will want to play the game and I'll be Black Friday shopping every year. Cause, you know, hey, it's a new roster and I get it, hey, you know? For dude, for sixty dollars, I will make him a up to date NFL Street Chiefs roster. I will just do it. I don't even I'll do I might do it for free and I'll just give yeah. you like an S D card or something. I'll figure it out. I mean I mean EA used to be one of the best video game companies and now they just booty. They're just cheeks. Uh um with with that said, oh yeah, an incredible play from Trip McDuffie because he recognized on film, and this is the first Tyreek Hill bit of nugget that I'll give you. Um, it's not going to be a six piece, but maybe it might be a nice three piece. Uh, went to, went to Trent McDuffie in the locker room before the he talked at the podium. Same with Mike Edwards, Joshua Williams, Jalen Watson. Did the Dolphins, and this is. This is both a this is this tells you how hard it is to be an NFL coach at a successful level. So this is obviously like Andy Reid versus Mike McDaniel. Really good, but still early, still, you know, figuring it out. Did the Dolphins do anything different? No. Okay, maybe maybe he's just saying that because like, you know, but I think Trent's a pretty honest guy. All right, let me go talk to Brian Cook. Hey dog, did they do anything different? No. Man, he sounded he sounded assertive. I, you know what? Joshua Williams is one of the most jovial guys, and he gonna tell me the truth. You know, he he gonna he gonna keep it honest with me. Hey, man, did they do anything different with Tyreek Hill? Did they give a different different feel, different routes, different formation combinations? No. You're serious? <laughs> so this is detailed coaching by Steve Spagnuolo and Dave Merritt. Telling Trent McDuffie when he goes in motion with these type of splits, this is what you're going to get. And they got it every single time. Now, the Dolphins will say, well, if you keep it simple, our player is just flat out better than your player. And for a majority of Sundays, that will be true. But coaching in the NFL is about adapting and evolving and, and obviously 
breaking your own tendencies. And the Chiefs had them dead to rights on arrival. The Dolphins went across the ocean and chose to do very little uh, interesting scheme-specific plays for the Chiefs defense. So Trent McDuffie, before the ball is snapped, told us, yeah, I knew it was going to him. And instead of just a tackle for loss, he has the presence of mind. And again, a cornerback, and I know somebody mentioned this in the comments, a cornerback leads the team in forced fumbles. No, it's just absolutely bets. And then Mike Edwards has the best play of the season. Anyone not named Patrick Mahomes on this team to try to remind you guys one more time. And I've watched the replay a ton of times, but he sees the ball. He picks it up. He doesn't let it become like a bobbling, bumbling situation. He picks it up. Tyreek Hill, because he's a freakish fast human being, makes does the right thing. Hey, I messed up. It's my fault. I'm going to get the guy on the ground. I can't think about making three decisions in less than a second, and they all go perfect. Pick up the ball. Realize you're getting tackled. Get it to a guy who cannot get tackled immediately. And then Brian Cook has the fastest speed of any ball carrier with a Chiefs jersey on this season, which makes me ask, son, what can we let me let us take it all the way back to high school? Son, what can you do on offense? What 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 do you want to play on offense? Could you return kicks? Could you I look, I know we don't want to we don't want to run you ragged. What about a couple end rounds? You know, a couple re, couple reverses. Just we did you play on the outside? So the crowd was amazing. Germans, you know, down in distant situations. You can tell they've watched the NFL for years. They were prepared for this game in a way that I still think Mexico City and London lack because mm-hmm. it's more of a casual, hey, this is something cool to do. Like, we kind of watch it, but like, you know, we're not like avid. I don't think there was anyone in that stadium who was not an avid fan. So when you see, as you mentioned, Josh, chaos happening and it leading to a touchdown of that magnitude, the way the stadium reacted was very similar to Arrowhead Stadium AFC Championship game in 2019 when Mahomes has the scramble touchdown right before halftime. Also against the Tennessee Titans where the where the fans can't believe the next step was like the next part of this place better than the previous. <laughs> and it just need and so that was awesome it was a i mean to be in that stadium um and it was only fifty thousand fans but it was it was that's a moment i'm never gonna forget covering the sport because they kind of like everybody in the stadium kind of knew oh the game is probably over and sure there's 30 minutes left the game we ain't gonna see anything better than that so that's that's their coming out moment for the chiefs defense it's also amazing to me that it doesn't happen with Nick Bolton, Charles Aminahue, Chris Jones, or Justin Reed. Just their four most prominent big-time players who make you know quite a bit of money for the defense. None of those four players are involved. And it's a guy who's on a one-year contract and two players in the second year of their rookie deals who are just, again, playing kind of out of their minds. Um, but the first nugget is, 
they could cover Tyreek Hill because they were never surprised mm. when Tyreek Hill ran a route. And I think that says something about the film study and the coaching staff for the Chiefs. Seth, where do you want to start on the defensive side? You have that whole masterpiece to pick through. I mean, the the thing that I started off with was... Uh, in the Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com, you wrote about Steve Spagnuolo and his excellent coaching. I did. Um, <clears throat> first and foremost, the Chiefs had to have good coverage on the back end, we talked about before the game, in order to force Tua to hold the ball for at least 2.5 seconds. And they, by and large, did that. Um, I really enjoyed watching... Um, Trent McDuffie, you guys know what I think of him. I think he's a superstar. I think he's got a legitimate argument for the best corner in the game. Now, his ball skills, when the ball's coming down, he can lose it every now and then. But his coverage is always impeccable. He's a, he's, he's, he's a top five tackler, top five run support guy, top five coverage guy. He's unbelievable. So that was an incredible moment. Brian Cook, one thing I thought about is that one of the ironies leading into this week or into this season was we were all like, well, does Brian Cook have the burst and closing speed to play deep safety? And now I'm like, okay. Because we've we've Ask seen that and that really because really that, that's <laughs> what you're missing with Juan Thornhill. He's got that elite long speed. I really think that's what Juan Thornhill would look like with a head of steam down the sideline, because he does have freakish speed. And you saw him going it and like He's just, his knees picked up and he started. I was like, oh, this is going to be a big game. And he's going to go, holy cow. Like, I mean, he just took off. That was awesome. Um, So the coverage on the back end, you really can't say enough good things about what it means to have four corners that you are comfortable playing man or zone against any opponent. Um, And then having three safeties that you're comfortable asking to do almost anything. Probably not going to have Mike Edwards in single high. But other than that, they can go anywhere. They can do anything. Probably the best tackling secondary in the NFL. So there's a lot of you could talk about. Um, All right. But Steve Spagnuolo putting Tua in a torture chamber for 60 minutes was so much fun. Like, so yeah, I mean, like, and I, that's what I wrote about, you know, the first third down, Spags is like, oh man, Sneed's out because he was in the concussion valuation. You know what they won't expect for me to send Jalen Watson from the slot? And it is, he does so many cool things here. He does so many cool things. I really hope if you read anything I wrote this year, I actually put a lot of work into this one as opposed to normally, apparently, where I, where I don't. But it's so cool because what people see on that third down stop, is they say, oh, slap blitz, so he got home. But it's not just the slap blitz. It's also him making sure that he lines the defensive tackles out wide so that they're going to shift the center towards Chris Jones. And what that means, if the center's shifting towards Chris Jones, you've got three guys dedicated to Jones and Karloftis on one side, and you've got two offensive linemen dedicated to... So two, listen, two, yes, the two linemen. To Omenahu and Dana on the other, and Dana on the other side. Dana, Dana. Anyway, and so right, then, Dana. what do you do now? Because you still got the running back to the side that Watson's blitzing from. So you creep Drew Tranquil up to the line of scrimmage and you blitz him, which means you have six guys in pass protection and only five guys pass rushing. Because at the last second, George Karloftis doesn't even rush the passer. So now you got three guys blocking Chris Jones and literally no one blocking Watson. No one's blocking him. And do you know how hard it is as a defensive coordinator, whether you're sending a, a slot corner or a safety, to have a guy that is completely unaccounted for in the protections against Mike McDaniels, who's a really good coach and two is a really smart quarterback. 
And this happened multiple times where they just, there was one snap late in the game where George Karloftis just totally unblocked because Spags did an incredible job throughout the game when he chose to blitz, finding ways to screw with their protection rules. They they had this team, I'm, you know, the defense, wow, we didn't do anything different. The fact that that many men would look you in your eyeball and yes. bald face yes. lie to you like that tells me that they were like, look, guys, this is what we're saying after the game. Because they had this. They were saying, I think in Nate's story, they were saying the Dolphins didn't show them any. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, do- yeah Tyreek Oh, good Hill- Lord have mercy. I yeah, misunderstood Ty- you completely. That's really bad on their part then, by the well, way. Well, maybe. Because it was maybe, obvious. Maybe it was poor communication but uh, on my part. But I, yeah. I got it. Anytime Tyreek Hill ran a route, the Chiefs were not surprised. Well, we've seen that route. Yep, we've seen that motion. Yep, we've seen the orbit motion. Yep, we've seen that motion with that level of stacks. Yep, we've seen that motion on third and long. Hey, he's not in motion. It's the other guy in motion. He runs this route, this route, this route. Well, and wow, if you, he's running this route, this route, or this route. Like, and if you, just, yeah, like they they know where they're going. Yes, or they have a great they have a great idea before the ball is snapped, and then you can sort of again take things away from your mind as the yep. play is occurring versus hey. There are too many options here, and I just I just have to play it honest with my eyes versus like my own techniques, what the coaches have taught me, and the tendencies that I'm that I am assuming I'm seeing because right, you know, and this is a this is a key point. You have eight games of tape to watch, and the coaching staff or the players themselves have synthesized it in a way that is really really detailed focused, and you know that they lean heavily on heel, and I think this is partly a masterful job of. Man, Tyreek Hill been talking for months about this game. So yeah. you know the coaching staff wants to feature him against his former team in, right. in the first, you know, rematch or the first, you know, part of this sort of, I mean, Tyreek Hill called it a rivalry. Get back the, to January. The illustrious but, ACSN Twitter account made a good point. A lot of teams have claimed the Chiefs as their biggest rival over the last five years or so. Yeah. When you yeah. got to play in the playoffs at least once, like, yeah. it can't right. be like a big right. nothing burger. But... No, I. Uh, I'm sorry. You you keep going. No, but the the all the all I'm trying to say is just because you have eight games of tape, you have real data, yes, real film, and they and the and again, you know, we saw Andy Reid run some plays that we haven't seen all year in the opening script, yeah. so that the Dolphins didn't know where the hell the ball was going. Like the Dolphins looked so confused after the first drive. And there was never that type of moment for the Chiefs' defense. Yep. It was only very small spurts of, oh, that's a nice designer. Oh, that's a nice play. I think the Chiefs actually got uh, surprised more in the Dolphins' running attack yep. um, than the Dolphins' passing attack, which, again, is not usually the case for most defenses. But they were they were just prepared for everything. And the fact that nobody on defense said, man, yeah, they like not. we know they're a good team. But we were ready for them. And so I guess I'll put this second nugget out there. One thing that was determined early in the week is that guy cannot have a clean jersey. He might score, but his jersey is not going to be clean. And we need to let him know sooner rather than later, we're going to tackle him. And Sneed, we're going to give you two holding penalties. Two hands to the face penalties. Hell, we'll even give you a pass interference. We know you walk in a tightrope, but y'all saw it. Sneed was like, oh, I'm impressed. Oh, I'm getting a press. Yeah. I'm a press. I'm going to press this man like a panini. I don't care how fast he is. He's getting pressed. Okay? And so he might run by me, 
But what did I do, coach? I pressed him. So they were as physical as they could possibly be. And to see Tyreek Hill's half of his jersey just green because the grass and the all the things that he had to do on that mistake that led to the Chiefs literally winning the game, um, being stripped by the player who the Chiefs acquired or trading him, just, I mean, what a wild turn of events where it's like, hey, man, the, the guy they the guy they acquired after trading you was literally that guy, and he forced you to fumble the football. Um, Justin Reed, it wasn't against Tyreek Hill, but obviously people I know remember Justin Reed sort of saying, oh, Tua want him to be in the hospital. Let me, let me put him in the hospital on the deep end that was poorly thrown because maybe Tua was a little pressed uh, in terms of what he was normally seeing. So they tackled him, and one of the best parts of the game was Tyreek Hill was running an in-breaking route in the intermediate zone where he feasts with yards after the catch. Ball is in the air, kids. He looked for Willie Gay. And that told me everything. And you know what happened? He dropped the football. And then Willie Gay went right up to him and said, yeah, I was going to hit you really yeah, hard. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to decapitate you. You made the right choice. Good call. I was <laughs> going to do inappropriate things to you. And... Hey, so I, we were about to get football canceled in Germany. They were going to be like, whoa, this sport's way too violent for us Germans. It was going to be just the end of football in Germany. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to Willie Gay Jr. because we haven't said his name directly. He played, man, when, when Willie's right, oh, he just, and you know what? To talk about Willie Gay Jr., that first and 10, you know, ridiculous like seven-yard loss that that really set a tone that ended a drive that was a crucial drive. They they took up eight minutes in the fourth quarter and they were going to, and then they, it hurt them. Yes. Because they, yes, because they kept going crazy. backwards and backwards. And this is another great example of the, they were able to surprise the chiefs a little bit more with the run game, but that particular pitch out that they'd run a couple times already. Spags had Willie Gay run blitzing before the ball was snapped. And had him sprinting. He's going to pitch out. There was nothing the blocker could do about it. And then the very next play, another great blitz that dialed up that ran him right to Tershawn Wharton that he had attacked the outside gap of the of the guard. It was it was beautiful stuff that also said, we know your tendencies. Like yes. even the final play call of the game, where oh what a what a great what a great oh please tell me tell me so you want to know okay here yes. see something yes. funny that, before that, that. yes go ahead. Before Woo! the two final, so you've got the final drive of the game. They've run the ball down the field. They they they've they've killed some clock, but you know they've they've got some timeouts. On first and second down, you know what Spags did? He rushed four. He just he just rushed four, and it worked. They he did a few things with alignment that got a man who one on one that forced a quick throw from Tua. They they rushed four on second down. McDuffie threatening a blitz from the slot, and it just. Both times you could see Miami's got extra blockers in. They're like, he's coming, guys. I've seen what this guy does late in games. He's coming. And then just rush for, rush for. And here's the thing. Spags can get away with that at times this year. Uh, it's not quite as quick as I'd like it to be. But with Carlothis taking a step forward, Amenahu being who he is, he can do that. And then third down, he's like, hey, uh, Drew, Justin, you guys are going to come down on him. Just add him, and it just forced Miami out of its comfort zone there. So two plays in a row, Spags, like, he denied his inner Spags, 
And then on fourth down. <laughs> oh, fourth down. The fourth down is like, hey, everybody. Sounds yeah, good. Yeah. Tell them yeah. what we about to do, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we are going. Hey, you janitor. Hey. He said seven going. guys. He called a cover zero. And he didn't even disguise it. At the no. snap, Brian Cook and Mike Edwards are lined up in the B-gaps just like, Tua, just so you know. They're sitting there making, you know, pointing to their eyes and pointing at him. They didn't even disguise it at all. It's a pure man coverage cover zero look. And that's why Tua drops the ball. Right. <laughs> it was an, an uh, intimidation play. It, it was, was. Just, hey, either he or the center are going to boop their pants here. Just send yeah. everything. And maybe both. And here's the great thing about it. A lot of people have pointed out, hey, man, what if he just throws it up blindly to Jalen Waddle, who looks open over the middle of the field? As the play starts, if you look, and this is one of my favorite things, if you look, Legereus Sneed, who's a, an off-man coverage on Waddle, is creeping inside leverage as the play starts. And then he sees the, the snap get fumbled and kind of stops moving. They had that called up to take away that middle-of-the-field blind shot which is the only chance he had there. And let me tell you, even if he doesn't fumble this, Brian Cook is, he is on coming. him. He's, He's on like 1.2. The only thing he could have done was throw it up, which, hey, Joe Burrow hit one like that last year. Well, that's to Jamar Chase over the middle of the field. And, and it was so great that Spags had Sneed looking for that inside leverage at the snap. And that's where it's just... What I just love is that you, you, you had Spags just blitzing the daylights out of him on third downs. And then on a different drive... They get the second down, and Spags just blitzes the daylights out of one second down and then rushes three or four on third. And you just, the tendency breakers were so much fun to watch. So that, like, more than, this was like a Spags game to me. This was like, they they just, they were so ready for everything Miami does. And it's also, I know people are a little upset with Andy Reid right now. It is a little bit of a testament to having an incredibly successful offense for 20-plus years and keeping things fresh because McDaniels, for the second season in a row, at least has had one game now where guys are like, well, we know what they're going to do. Because yeah. you know how hard it is to adjust your offense? McDaniels' offense looks cool. Like, uh, some of the motions he was doing, some of the things they were doing to draw eyes and stuff, my eyes, I'm, like, looking at the fullback while, like, you know, they're they're throwing the ball to the receiver. I'm like, oh, thank God the Chiefs saw that because I was fooled. I had no idea where the ball was going. So, I mean, this was a Spags game to me. Front to back, great performances from the secondary. The line did great. Drew Tranquil, shout out to him. Willie Gay Jr., shout out to him. But Spags was just on one, and it was so much fun. We we will have plenty of time at the mercy of the bye week to break down some things. I've got some stuff I want to ask you guys about in terms of what you think the Chiefs should do with their bye week time. And if there might be some things a little different when they come out of the cocoon in that game against the Eagles coming up two weeks from, from tonight. Uh, so we've got time to unpack more of that and to revisit whatever it is that you guys write more about from this game. I'm sure there will be plenty to break down offensively and defensively. Um, but Nate, you are in Germany now as it approaches 1 a.m. If there's anything <laughs> else from the German experience you want to share, I'd love to hear it. You can also, of course, bring more on Thursday. Uh, and then Seth, if you got any other kind of final parting thoughts. Uh, we are uh, we're, we're rounding the bend on the hour mark uh, pretty pretty heavily now. Not as, not as bad as Brian Cook, but still pretty quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just I, I would encourage people to come to Germany. Um, you know, it's a it's a really lovely place. I haven't seen the sun much, and that's really been the only downside. Is obviously it's November, 
So this is, you know, this tracks uh, for what to expect. But no, man, everything was everything was fantastic. The schnitzel, uh, the beer. Sometimes we just order, just give me a beer, any German the beer. Best and thing you've eaten there. What what would it be if you had to pick one? They got some great Italian spots too, man. I mean, they got some great Italian spots. If you get the right sausage, life changing. And let me tell you, you can pick. You, you got plenty of, you know what to pick. I'm not going to say it. I know how y'all work, but the sausages were fantastic. If you find the ideal one you're looking for, um, I don't think I said anything wild today, but I know Nate and Seth both have, and I don't even know if Seth realizes what he said, whatever that was. So Tucker and uh, and Claude, you guys, Spice you guys do good, all right? You guys, yeah. Do that. No, I, enjoy I, yourselves. I, I expect uh, misbehavior. The uh... <laughs> <laughs> Can that so, be our subtitle now? We've got a little spot for only, un, under only weird games. I expect the, misbehavior. I, I just expect misbehavior. Uh, yes, I'm I'm coming back to Kansas City, Nate. Dog, you don't you don't have to you don't have to worry. Uh, my my you know my flight, Lord willing, will uh yeah will, will take me home tomorrow. Um, but I I've enjoyed uh my time. Um, the people here are really they were just really excited for for this opportunity. Um, you know I talked to a woman. Uh, you know, as part of a group to talk to a woman today, because me, uh, Sam McDowell, Jesse Newell, uh, you know, Vahe Gorian, uh, his wife Cindy, like we all, uh, and Adam Teicher, we all went out and like kind of explored today, and it was like truly fantastic. I mean, I saw a castle, uh, that was built in the 1200s. I mean, it's it's just there there are parts about Germany and Europe as a whole. Uh, that will that will really just make the make the experience of traveling sort of worthwhile. With that said, this lady who works in healthcare, who I mean everybody here knew uh, that the game was Sunday. She said, "Oh, you guys were here for the NFL match," and I said, "Yes, yes, I was. It was in a soccer stadium, it so was. sure, NFL match. Yeah, let's let's let's." Let's go with that one. And she said, so you came to Frankfurt? And I was just like, I mean, <laughs> sure, it could have been Berlin. It's what the sure. NFL called me to do. I just, the NFL said, yeah, like, like Munich. I get it. Frankfurt was great. I mean, so uh, even she was a bit surprised that the NFL selected Frankfurt, but um, the stadium, uh, old, but gave you that old that old feel of like, man, this place is rocking. They're on it. Uh, in Germany, they give you beer all four quarters. There is no stopping. Uh, people were walking out of the stadiums, full mugs in hand. I'm going to do it. Double-fisted. Sir, the game's over. Sir, <laughs> you, you got to go home. Where are you going? Yeah, game's over, but my day isn't. <laughs> Just. So the atmosphere was incredible. Um, it was cool, but it wasn't cold. Uh, so I think the NFL benefited from that. It wasn't a cold game. It wasn't raining. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's anything else that I have like that's coming to the top of my mind, but it's just... Um, this this proves that the Chiefs really are one of the top franchises in the league. 
not just because of their success on the field, but their fans traveled. I met a multitude of Kansas Cityans who were willing to make the trip to Germany. And I understand it may rub some fans sour that instead of having nine home games, you only had eight because the league and the Chiefs chose to go to Germany. But with that said, um, it's a, I mean, it's official. The Chiefs travel just as well as the Steelers, the Packers, you know, the Cowboys. Like, they are really up there now. And the way Patrick Mahomes talked after the game, it sounds like the Chiefs might be doing this international thing every two to three years moving forward um, because they are entertaining to watch. They're obviously one of the successful teams in the league, if not the successful team over the last, you know, decade. And um, and their their fans, they had they have legitimate fans in Germany. And you're always a little leery when you're saying, "Hey, we're gonna go to a different country for the first time and really, really, really see it." You know, you can't really hide it um, once you make this sort of trek. And the amount of Chiefs fans I saw this weekend was something that is hard to describe to someone who grew up, you know, in Kansas city in the nineties where it became just a phenomenon in the city, right. Or it, or the phenomenon returned after what the team did in the late sixties, mm-hmm. early seventies. Um, you know, once they made the move over from, from Dallas. So to see it expand to this level, um, it's, it's pretty, it, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it was, it's honestly incredible. Um, it shows you how small the world is and how we're all connected and how sports bring us together. Um, but they're going to, I think they're going to do this more and more uh, if they get the opportunity to. And it doesn't sound like Clark Hunt, Andy Reid, or Patrick Mahomes are opposed to it. Seth, any final thoughts before you get to simmer on the rest of the footage until Thursday? I'm excited to uh, see, see what the film shows us and move on to a couple of bye week projects. And so, if uh, people feel like on Thursday throwing a few suggestions as to what kind of half season type of um, project I could look at within reason, um, I'm I'm always looking for suggestions on bye weeks, um, trying to figure out something that's like, well, where do we go from here? And so that the receiver question really is it, though. I mean, that's that's it. Like that's what everyone's yeah. At. So I mean, do you see it when you read any of the national columnists? You see it any of the people that study film. Everyone's like, Chiefs going to figure out who they actually like at receiver yeah. and give them a shot? Because that really is it. Because if they figure that out, I... Curtains? Curtains? Curtains. I mean, if this offense becomes 85% of what last year's offense was, they're borderline impossible to beat. Uh, I mean, they like... And not literally impossible. Any given Sunday, etc. But this defense, with an offense that's 85-90% of what last year's was is an incredibly difficult out, by far the toughest in the NFL. All right, with that being said, so Nate can get out. It is 1 a.m. in Germany. Just Yeah, out. yeah. Nate, whatever you got to do to get us out of here, man, it's it, it's all you. Whenever, you just chug a Das Boot. I, I, I really wanted to record this or help you know, be a part of the show from a pub. On a Monday, <laughs> doesn't really quite work out. Like... You know, they they he, we we went to an Italian restaurant and he was like, "Hey, dog, no salads, no pasta, we just selling pizza because it's Monday and I want to go home." I look at my watch and I'm like, "Dang, did we get back to Frankfurt at like ten o'clock?" It was eight thirty. <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, 
<laughs> sir. Um, so I, I wish I could have made it happen. You know, um, unfortunately, I couldn't. Uh, did I experience several pubs? Oh, oh you know it. Uh, I love that Michael Dunnigan asked, was there extracurricular activities? And I love that some people were saying, I was not in Amsterdam. No, I did not go to Amsterdam. I've heard of Amsterdam's legends. I will have to figure that out at some point in time. And then I guess see it with my own eyes. Um, but Frankfurt was fantastic. Here was my extracurricular activities. Do they have coffee? Because I don't want more coffee. <laughs> I just want, can you make, like, how much espresso? Yeah, a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then after I, after I do this, can I drink 40 ounces of beer and it not destroy my stomach? I can do that. I can do that as much as I want. Man, you guys have got it figured out over here. Okay. I ain't even talking about wine. I mean, we you sit down at a table in Germany. And look, maybe, maybe Mike McDaniels needs to change some things. Obviously, we've brought some reasonable evidence to say, hey, man, you might want to cook it up a little differently. All right. The meal's good, but I just want to add a few more sauces and some, some different spices, you know. Maybe fry that thing versus hard, you know, before, you know, before you boil it, you know, um, or broil it or bake it. Or why don't you get a grill out? You know, I know it's cold, but like, why don't you, why don't you cook it for me, baby? What I want to tell every German establishment is my first bit of, of liquid can't be beer. It can't. <laughs> when is the water coming? Can I get can I get a glass of water? Beer's mostly water. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. much how they treat it here, guys. Mostly water. Yeah. It's most like, but it's not water. Oh, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great. So I just I had a I had a well of a time. I I think I've done my job fairly well. Hopefully you all enjoyed this. But um yeah, when you go to Germany, do not expect to drink water. They sell it. They just don't give it to you at a at a quick manner but you mentioned and they're like yeah 40 ounces go go to bed <laughs> without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.